Welcome to IFL Science The Big Questions, the podcast where we invite the experts to explore the biggest mysteries of science with your host, Dr. Alfredo Carpinetti. For decades, scientists and engineers have been concerned by the issue of space junk. Bits of rockets and old satellites continue to orbit around the Earth. There's even been a camera and a spatula lost by astronauts. While whimsical in some cases, uh, this sort of pollution is a risk. It's dangerous to astronauts in space, as well as other satellites that we depend on for our daily lives, from weather prediction to disaster relief. Since 2018, the number of satellites has massively increased, led by the deployment of mega constellations such as SpaceX, Starlink and others. These satellites are affecting the darkness of the night sky for all. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the impact of space junk and how to make space safe, secure and sustainable with our special guest, Professor Moriba Ja. Welcome to the show. To kick things off, you call yourself a space environmentalist. What does that mean? So when I talk about space environmentalism, I'm really looking at uh, orbital space as a finite resource because mm -hmm. Where we put where we put satellites is in very specific locations, and these uh, these orbital highways can only take so much traffic. Um, and when things die, they keep on going at very fast speeds, and they don't return to Earth anytime soon. Um, some things never come back, uh, sort of thing. And mm -hmm. so the, the amount of orbital space is limited, and the highways are becoming more and more packed. And so in looking at orbital space as a finite resource for humanity's use, if we're good stewards of it, space environmentalism is looking at it as an environment in and of itself that is in need of protection. Thank you very much for that. Um, it's clear from what you're saying uh, um, that uh, space junk is uh, an issue. Can you tell us uh, exactly uh, why is such a big deal? What are the risks uh, of uh, letting the space junk problem just uh, get worse and worse? Yeah, so um, as I was saying before about the orbital highways becoming more congested with objects, most of the objects up there are defunct or dead, so they're debris that's pretty much pollution that's just orbiting at very high speeds. And the problem with that is that because these dead objects are taking up physical space they're also um, able to collide with satellites that are working that are providing services and capabilities that we depend upon critically like position navigation timing communications earth observation uh you know we have a war in ukraine uh um you know so these robots in the sky that we call satellites are very useful to humans humans know more about uh, humanity and the Earth because of data provided by satellites than by any other means. And none of these satellites are protected or shielded against harm. And harm can come from the pieces of junk and the number of junk is growing. Thank you for that explanation. Um, do you think that the current drive to the increased commercialization of space uh, is making the problem of space junk worse. Absolutely. I think that commercialization of space in and of itself isn't the problem. It's only a problem because it's not approached holistically. 
-hmm. One of the things that um, I firmly believe in is what I call ancient tech. And when I say tech, I don't mean T-E-C-H, I mean T-E-K, traditional ecological knowledge. And these are principles or tenets that come from indigenous people that believe that all things are interconnected and that the only way for humanity to thrive is by having a successful conversation with the environment through stewardship. And, you know, stewardship asks us to uh, be responsible for things, whereas ownership uh, tries to exercise rights and that sort of stuff. And so, by and large, humanity has abandoned uh, this intergenerational contract of stewardship. Uh, and, you know, because of that, and not seeing all these things as interconnected, um, we have a lot of the problems that basically, you know, we have today. Wow, that was wonderfully said. Um, what kind of endeavors are currently in the works to make space uh, uh, more sustainable, for example? Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the things that I believe, and I'm all for, again, commercialization of space is not a bad thing. It's just it's just not done holistically, and it's not done with this, the ancient tech. And... You know, one of the things that we need to do, and part of the problem is that we don't let Mother Nature let us know what the unintended consequences of our actions are. Mm -hmm. What I mean by what I mean by that is that, you know, I, I remember years ago, a busy year for launches was one, you know, one launch a month was a busy year. Right now, on average, we're launching more than 12 satellites per week. That's that's a lot. That's very different than before. And I can tell you that at this rate, we have no idea what the unintended consequences are of launching so many objects so frequently. You know, when we when we take our foot off the gas pedal, uh, Mother Nature is very good at providing us feedback. And that's part of the principles of ancient tech is don't behave in ways that will basically prevent yourself from being sustainable in the future. And so I think that applying these principles of ancient tech would help for space sustainability. But also, I believe in a circular space economy that focuses first and foremost on trying to minimize single-use satellites, meaning can we make rockets and satellites reusable and recyclable first and foremost? Um, if we can do that, then that minimizes the number of things that we're launching for sure. And for the things that we can't make reusable and recyclable, can we then do responsible disposal, meaning, uh, you know, forcing the object to re-enter, burn up in the atmosphere, but design it with materials such that when it burns up in the atmosphere, it's not polluting the atmosphere itself. I think we can we can do that. I, I remember, I think Japan was developing a satellite made out of wood, for instance. Uh, which I found to be interesting. So these are the sorts of ideas that I believe we can all uh, implement. Governments can get behind it, and that would definitely go a long way in achieving space sustainability. That is fantastic. Yeah, I remember the uh, Japanese idea of uh, uh, a wooden uh, satellite, which is absolutely fascinating in itself, but in the context of just how much stuff we are uh, putting out there uh, the risk uh, of pollution uh, really uh, makes you 
think that we could do more. You mentioned a lot about the stewardship, uh, and I think that uh, for most people, they would expect the government, uh, intergovernmental agencies, and even space agency to be the, the stewards of space. But uh, we've seen that uh, they're not uh, exactly doing that. Uh, what do you think uh, they could do to change the current approach? How can they be more effective uh, or how can uh, they implement uh, rules, regulation, or just uh, good example, good behavior to actually change uh, the current approach that we're having about sending stuff into space? Yeah, so on the one hand, I can say that I was part of a team under the World Economic Forum that mm -hmm. started something called the Space Sustainability Rating which is now uh, being led in its second phase by the Ecole Polytechnique Fédérale de Lausanne in Switzerland as a mechanism to get more and more space operators and even governments involved and use that as a basis to drive or incentivize you know, sustainable behavior in space. So I think if governments and industry embrace the space sustainability rating, then I think the outcome of that will certainly be improved uh, space sustainability. But the other thing too, which, um, you know, there, there are governments which I advise, and one of the advice that I give them is you should have a, you know, as part of your advisory board or group of people that provide you advice, you should recruit indigenous people or First Nation people to give you their opinion about how to approach the use of space as a finite resource and how to do it successfully because these indigenous people have been able to achieve that over tens of thousands of years. So we should listen to them. And it's back to the ancient tech informing how to use high tech. That is fantastic. That is a fantastic message to And uh, our chat, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and thank you so much for uh, telling us all about uh, space environmentalism. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Big Questions. Head over to iflscience.com for the latest and greatest science headlines. The music in this episode is credited to audioblocks.com. See you next time.